0: Welcome to another episode of the Family Discipleship Podcast. I'm your host, Christian Horseman, and my prayer for you is that the Lord would be pleased to bless this show and use it to provide you as a Christian parent with gospel centered, grace driven ideas and encouragement for shepherding your children's hearts and cultivating your family's relationships with Jesus and with each other. All right, friends, welcome back to today's episode on the Family Discipleship Podcast. Today, I'm so happy to welcome Nikki Truesdale to uh, this episode. Um, Nikki is a uh, wife, a mom of five, a grandma, author, speaker, and blogger who's passionate about helping everyone homeschool, which is uh, what our topic is going to be about today. Um, In her spare time, she publishes old history books for her company, Knowledge Keepers Bookstore, which I love that. So I love history and I love books. So. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So today we're just gonna have a little chat um, and address some common objections and challenges that um, a lot of families face when they're trying to make homeschooling a reality for their family. And uh, so as, as uh, Nikki can test, anyone, literally anyone can homeschool. So um, with that, we're just going to go right into the conversation, talk a little bit about that, and uh, just go from there. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Yeah. So first question I have is, is I know you've written a book, um, really good book um, called Anyone Can Homeschool. Um, And the first chapter in that book is called Rethinking School. Uh, I think it's a really good title. So in what ways um, do you see homeschooling is different from the public school classroom? And how do we need to like rethink things, change the way we think about school and education in order to see the flexibility in homeschooling?
1: Well, I had to put that chapter first because it really sets the tone for everything else that I wrote about, and pretty much everything I talk about when it comes to homeschooling, because most people find that the idea of recreating a public school at home is is overwhelming, and so that stops them from ever trying to homeschool. And so, what I wanted to do was help the readers to understand that what we do at home is usually not like the public school. There are families who uh, probably have almost an exact copy in their home, but. I typically find that that's a you know a newbie kind of thing you know we set up the classroom and have a schedule from 8 to 3 and all the subjects are checked off the list but as they get comfortable they start to realize certain things are not necessary at home and certain things are really a waste of time and so if I can help kind of well in the book I talk about breaking down this wall that separates us from homeschooling I want people to understand that At home, you're not a school, you're not um, a government school, and you don't have to do anything like the government school. In fact, I don't recommend it at all. (laughs) Um, And so what I try to help people understand is that you are a parent, you're a family, and you have added school books to your day. And so that can look like whatever it needs to. And in homeschooling, it looks like about a hundred different ways when you compare one homeschool family to the next. And so rethinking school is just the idea that what you know, as the typical school experience is not necessarily the best and it's not the most effective. And it certainly is not going to make or break your homeschool. And so rethinking school is letting go of scheduling mindsets Um Grade levels, being behind, um, advanced placement. there's so many different things that happen in a public school, and we're all used to that. That's how most of us grew up. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard to let that go. And that is the first thing that I recommend is letting it go. Um, deschooling your brain and rethinking the whole system. and And sometimes it's a process it It does take time for a lot of people. And that's why I say many people start out homeschooling in a very traditional public school manner, and then they start to drop things as they go, realizing maybe I don't have to do 12 years of grammar worksheets, or maybe we don't have to spend eight hours a day because it's not going to take that long. And so once people understand you're not a public school, once you're at home, um, there's there's so many different ways that they can start to let go of that mindset and actually home educate their children.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's really a liberating feeling then. Cause you know, like you said, a lot of people do it like when they're first starting, but then uh, if you try to keep sticking to that, it, it becomes like a a bondage almost, (laughs) you know, really difficult to keep up with. So yeah. It's overwhelming
1: and I I, I think it leads to burnout for a lot of people and then they give up. So I I really encourage just thinking outside the box.
0: Right. Right. No, I love that. So, um, I've talked about this um, before in some of the other places where I've, you know, spoken or written things, but uh, you know, definitely, think some people tend to uh, not think of homeschooling as, or they think of homeschooling as just like, you know, more the academics, kind of like you're saying, and they just try to recreate, you know, they bring home the public school and unbox it in their living room or kitchen table, and then it doesn't work. But uh, I think homeschooling is really much more about, you know, relationships, uh, relationship building, you know, spending time together as a family, kind of like you're saying, you know. um, it's not going to take eight hours a day to do school and, and and stuff like that. And so it really opens the door for a lot more, you know, family activities and uh you know building up uh, relationships um in that way. Is that what you found?
1: Absolutely. And I'm not opposed to schedules, but <laughs> yeah, because routine is helpful. But sometimes right. you have to stop your school day because you are dealing with people. Your children are people and they have feelings and they have emotions and um, and so, yes, the relationship is the number one thing that that comes first and school comes second, um, because, again, we're, you're not running a school, you are raising children. And so we have to remember the the people aspect of it, the humanity part. And um, if we have children for any reason um, having a hard day or having a great day, maybe they they need um, something off the schedule, like you know, four hours to research World War II because they're suddenly into it, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, or just to stop and talk about things that they read and they have more questions. All of that is part of that, that mindset that it's not just recreating a school schedule in a classroom, but Mm -hmm. nurturing minds and raising people for the next generation.
0: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. So, um, I, had a couple questions relating to like specific um, kinds of people or families that, uh, and you, I know you talk about, about these in your book, but, uh, you know, some of the more common objections, you know, if, if uh, like, for example, you know, single parents, especially single moms, um, you know, might, might not think it's possible or practical to homeschool their family or homeschool their kids. So um, is it possible and is it practical and how so?
1: It is for possible. Them especially, Yeah. <laughs> Um, and this is a question I get a lot because there are a lot of yeah. single moms out there who also don't want to keep sending their kids to a public school. And so this is a very common question, very common problem. And I would, I'm happy to say it's also very commonly solved with homeschooling. And what I try to tell single moms, cause I've been there. Um, I did this when I, I left a, an abusive husband with two little girls, I didn't have a plan to write a book about it someday. I just had a plan to survive. And um, because of our situation, I didn't want to leave, you know, take my girls from the only home they'd ever have and then also put them in a school or a daycare with strangers on top of this whole traumatic change in their life and, you know, go out and get a full-time job and put them with other people for me, I had a very strong conviction that that was not good for them um, because of what they'd also been through with the divorce. And so I had to figure it out along the way. And I figured it out a lot of different ways. But what I learned was that it doesn't matter where you work or when you work or how much money you have or don't have, because I did not have any money to start out with. And actually for several years, I was just broke all the time. And I was, Struggling to work a little bit, just enough to keep us fed and still spend time with my girls. Um, It was definitely a balancing act. And um, I never felt empowered, (laughs) you know, like you hear from some single moms. It's not a very empowering feeling at all. It's, It's a struggle. And so what I want single parents to know is that whatever your life looks like, you can arrange education around it. And if, and that, that's why rethinking school is the first chapter in the book because it applies to every situation. Right. And so a single parent um, might have school at night with their children or on Saturdays and Sundays and Wednesday mornings, you know, whatever their work schedule is. Maybe they have a situation where they get to work from home and they can, you know, work alongside their children, or maybe they have help from family or a neighbor or the local homeschool group. There's not really one formula. And so I I would never attempt to say, check off this list and you'll be a successful single parent homeschooler. What I want to encourage is to think way outside the box. And so that could be um, assessing your work situation and seeing if you can find a better fit for homeschooling or figuring out a way to get all of the schoolwork in around your work schedule. Um, and when it comes to money, it's the same thing. Think outside the box, you know, go to the library, use some online classes, find a co-op that allows you to drop your children off or a hybrid school. Um, I recommend this a lot and that's to seek out a local homeschool family and let them help you see if you can um Get someone to tutor your children in math or maybe one of their teenage daughters for childcare. there's so many different ways to do it that i couldn't possibly list them all in one conversation but that's right. the point like there's not one right way to homeschool for anyone but especially for a single parent who is desperate and exhausted and probably struggling financially um and so usually I just tell people, send me a message and tell me what your situation is. And I'll try to help you brainstorm. Like, what will that look like for me? Because it's not the same for everyone, but I know that from my own experience and from so many friends that it is possible. And I will not say it's simple, but I will say it's absolutely possible and worth it. And from, from my own experience, I can tell you that it was tough. Um, We were broke. I was tired. I cried a lot. Um, my credit was ruined, you know, but those were temporary circumstances that changed. And I can look back now and say it was worth it all. Everything was worth it because those were temporary problems that were able to be solved with time, with a lot of prayer and with the kids getting older. And I don't regret a single minute of how hard it was because it was worth all the struggle.
0: Yeah. Amen. Well, it's encouraging to hear, you know, from your perspective, having gone through that, you know, that it is. Yeah, it may not be uh, the easiest all the time, but it, it's definitely possible. So that is very is encouraging.
1: Possible. Mm-hmm. Thank you.
0: Thank you. You're so right. what about, uh, you, you kind of talked about this um, in and that, in that answer too, but um, what about families with lower income? So like, does homeschooling have to be expensive or are there like some cost effective strategies that can make it work, uh, even if you're on a tight budget?
1: Oh man, there's a lot of different ways to do that too. And, and like I said, it depends on your situation, but um, you can, Homeschool with zero money. If you've got some pencils and paper at home, you can actually start there. You know, and a library card, go to the library, and this is again part of rethinking school. It's rethinking the textbook method of learning. Everything is, you know, a chapter with some quiz questions at the end, and then you move on, or um, a paragraph on the on the Chromebook as they give out now in public schools, and. That's not the only way, and it's not the most effective way to learn. And so if if you can think outside the box, then you can realize that you walk into a library and your whole curriculum is there in much more interesting books for children to read and hear from. And um, they can study history through great stories and books filled with all kinds of illustrations and take notes and, and copy Speeches for their language arts. And I talk a lot about copy work on my website and in my social media posts because it is a very effective language arts program that costs absolutely nothing. And um, same thing with different online uh, websites. There are free ones, they're very inexpensive ones. YouTube has a ton of content. There's so much I can't even Mm -hmm. find it all. But, you know, Mm -hmm, whatever subjects you want to learn. Right. Um, with a reputable source, YouTube is a great way to go, especially for someone on a budget. Um, and so there are inexpensive curriculum options you can purchase. There are online classes that are very inexpensive or free. Um, and so I have a, a blog post on my website. It's just called Free Homeschooling Resources. And and I've put a list and every time I find something new, I try to update that list because The options are truly unlimited, especially with internet. And even if you don't have internet at home, you can go to the library, go to your local coffee shop or whatever. And I know homeschoolers who have spent their days at Starbucks just using the internet to learn, and then they go home at night. And so there is no end to the possibilities because of the age that we live in. It's amazing compared to when I was homeschooled in the 1980s. Yeah. You literally had, you know, <laughs> a library. And for us, the library right. was almost an hour away, but we had a, a simple curriculum and, mm-hmm. you know, some books to read at home. Right. It is amazing now what homeschoolers have access to in this day. Yeah. So their uh, money is not an uh, an issue. And especially if you learn to think way outside the box, it's it's definitely kind of freeing to to give you that ability to just go choose really quality materials.
0: Right. Right, and then it gives you the flexibility to pick what's best anyway, and you're not stuck to a, you know, curriculum uh, or locked into you know that system because uh, oh, you know, not yeah. all not all and systems work for everyone, right? <laughs> not even in the well, same family.
1: <laughs> I think your kids will have a lot of fun that way too.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Let's take just a quick break, and then uh, I'll come back, and uh, I got a few more questions for you. Okay.
2: High tech world. Families are losing the art of old fashioned quality time together. But you can transform your family time with an exciting new trivia game about Moses and the Exodus. This game is more than just fun and entertainment, it's a chance to unite your loved ones for screen free family time and enrich your scriptural knowledge. You and your children will have fun laughter and friendly competition as you step back into the Old Testament and test your knowledge about the life of Moses and the biblical details of the Israelites' exodus from Egypt and 40-year trek through the wilderness. This easy-to-play family-friendly game is sure to make memories you'll treasure. So head over to Family Discipleship, podcast.net slash Moses, and get your family a copy of this trivia game, download and print it right away Put down your electronic devices and play it together with your family tonight. That's familydiscipleshippodcast.net slash Moses. Have fun.
0: All right. Welcome back um, from our break. And we've been talking with Nikki Truesdale this morning. Um, We've been talking about rethinking school and uh, she's, shared some really helpful tips and, uh, thoughts about, you know, homeschooling and for people that are in a little bit more tough, uh, situations, you know, single moms, uh, people on, on tight budgets and things like that. Um, so just had a couple more questions, um, you okay. know, of some other scenarios with, with families that might, um, initially think that it's, you know, a little bit more difficult to homeschool than it is to, to send their kids to the school outside the home. Um, so like, for example, what tips and wisdom could you share with us, um, parents of special needs children who want to homeschool their kids?
1: That's a good question. Um, I used to say this is the the one area that I didn't have experience in, but that has actually changed for me. I have a 15-year-old son with OCD. Um, and so I have already had to start adapting and learning. And this just, you know, if you know anything about actual OCD diagnosis, it can actually come on later in their childhood, and it kind of surprised us all. And so I've had to go back and learn from friends who shared. I have a chapter where I interviewed some other moms who homeschool their special needs children. And so I've gone back and tried to get their tips um, for adapting. And so the biggest thing is adapt, adapt, adapt. And so a lot of people are afraid because they're used to the public school giving services you know, and providing special teachers. But what I found in, in talking to moms who did utilize those public school services was that um, it wasn't always effective. In many cases, it wasn't effective at all. And they were able to find the resources their children needed at home, mainly because the government doesn't care about your children nearly as much as you do. And so a mom and a dad who really love their child and want so much to get them the help they need can do such a better job educating a child with special needs. And that can mean physical needs, emotional, and also the cognitive needs that are so different. And so it doesn't matter what your child's special need is. Um, In fact, I recently did a post on my social media talking about that. And I asked parents to share their stories in the comments. And it was so encouraging to hear from parents with children with Down syndrome or severe autism Um, so many different kinds of special needs. And they said, this was the best thing we ever did. And what I tell people is, you know, the public school gives an IEP, which is an individual education plan. But homeschooling is an IEP for everyone. And so you design the education plan. And of course you can research what what does the public school offer? Um, How can I create that at home? And often you can create something so much better for your child. Um, and I, I know some homeschoolers still will go take advantage of certain services with the public school. Others will contact their county um, or state resources. And so they'll go and take advantage of special teachers or therapists while being a homeschooler. And so at home, what I think is most important is the child is not forced to adhere to the same public school schedule as every child in their district. But instead, their, their actual needs are met. And their school is molded around that. It's just kind of, it's like I said, it's accommodating your child and adapting to their needs. And so uh, slow down in math or speed them up in math, you know, Um, or if they prefer to answer questions verbally instead of writing things down, maybe they are um, better with jumping up and down while they hear you read. Mm -hmm. I mean, (laughs) I can't even go into all of it but the special right. needs are so varied that the solutions are also varied and a parent can say I see that this works better for you if we do it this way let's do it this way instead of well what does the state allow or what does the state recommend um it's it's a it's a comfortable homey friendly environment for the child and the parent can watch all day long. I mean, you already know your child so much better than any teacher or any government official ever will. And so you can create a truly custom home education for special needs. And I'll say um, beyond just the atmosphere, there's so many different curriculum options that have been designed to educate children with special needs, whether it's dyslexia or um, Down syndrome or autism or, you know, the I don't remember all of the names. There's so many different things that people deal with, but there are amazing curriculum companies that have already been down this road. So they've created curriculum options that are very flexible to help your children still get an academic education, not just the emotional part, but all of the academics on their level and to meet the needs that you have at home. And so um, definitely don't give up on homeschooling as, as, the best option for your special needs child right
0: right and like you said there's so much more available to people now than there was
1: absolutely you know,
0: even 20 30 years ago right <laughs> yes. so,
1: the, the, my favorite yeah. thing about the homeschooling world is a, a parent will deal with an issue and they say okay i think i have found the answer now i'm mm-hmm. going to share the picture with everyone yeah. else yeah. and so and
0: then, it, then it helps everyone right so much out there.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. So here's another uh, scenario. What about families uh, where one or more of the parents or children are suffering from uh, chronic illnesses? Is that a roadblock for making homeschooling work?
1: It is often. Um, this is something that I have dealt with. Um, as you know, <laughs> I just messaged you last night about a migraine yeah. and yep. I've had migraines my, you know, since I was, I've had headaches before I had migraines. So my whole life, it's right. just something I, that I live with. And Um, I obviously have found a lot of different things that help, but it's, it's my chronic illness and it's not daily, but it's pretty often. And then um, throughout my, when I was having children, I had pretty extreme sickness throughout each pregnancy that resulted in multiple weeks of bed rest. And so there are a couple of different ways that I've had to accommodate again, adapt to those things. And what I learned over the years is that um, you don't have to have 12 years to educate your children. You don't have to do it Monday through Friday from eight to three or from September to May. Uh, I, when I learned to throw out my whole idea of the public school schedule many, many years ago, it was the most freeing thing I did. And so that's what the, that's the first thing to understand with, um, anyone in your house with a chronic illness is that you don't have to be on anyone's schedule except for yours. And the second thing is training your children in, in that idea um, and training them for responsibility. And that's kind of an ongoing thing. You know, you, you don't wake up one day and tell your kids, I need you to carry some responsibility. And they say, sure, mom, but it's a training process. And so what I had to do was train my children. If I wake up with a migraine and get, don't get out of bed, here's what you need to do anyway, you know, and for little kids, that's a lot less. But as my kids got older, I, I encouraged them to go ahead and make yourself some breakfast, you know, do your morning chores and then do whatever schoolwork you can do without my help. And in the early years I had, um, you know, different activities they could do. If I was going to just lay on the couch all day, what could they do? They could watch some educational videos, or, um, I'd say, you know, here's, here's a board game you can do. Cause there's a lot of different ways that kids think and learn. And it doesn't have to be Multiple wasted days. But I will also say, kids growing up in the home, it's not wasted. You know, it's not wasted time. It's okay if you don't do school for several weeks on end because we did that many, many times over the years. And all of my kids still got a complete education despite that. And that's when I learned about not worrying about being behind and not worrying about the public school schedule. Um, There's a blog post on my website that's pretty popular about how it doesn't take 12 years to educate a child. And I think that is a very important concept for parents in many situations to learn because then they they don't fret about the whole behind thing. And that's what often prompts people to send their kids back to school because they think, well, my kid's not lining up with this state schedule that some bureaucrat created.
2: <laughs> um, right. Don't
1: do that. Don't worry about the bureaucrat schedule. Just raise your children. And, you know... Kids, if kids can read, they can read a lot of books while you're sick in bed. Um, if your child is the one with illness, they can listen to audiobooks or let you read aloud to them or watch educational videos. Um, a lot of our curriculum is video curriculum in this house. Um, watching videos without doing worksheets is okay because they're mm-hmm. still absorbing information. Right. Adapt to your child's needs and your needs. And then if you can't even give them an educational activity, don't worry about it. You know, kids are kids. They don't have to have a work schedule like adults. They can actually mm-hmm. just goof off for the day if they need to. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's right. really Isn't that, fun? Isn't that okay. nice?
0: Yeah. I it wish is. I had that back.
1: <laughs> I know. Yeah. I regret a lot of forcing things too. And that's yeah. how I learned. This was just <laughs> a lot of trial and error. And so don't beat yourself up and try to compare to everything the public school system does, because if you do enough research, you realize what they're doing is not really helping anyone. And the reasons behind it are something you don't want to copy. You don't want any part of, so nope. don't worry about that.
0: Nope. Nope. It's not doing anyone really any good, is it?
1: <laughs> nope. Nope. So, it's just keeping yeah. everybody busy.
0: Right. Right. So I, I mean, after, after this conversation, I definitely see now, um, you know, it, very well how, why you said, you know, you have to rethink it, right. You have to rethink, get a totally different, you know, kick that, that mindset out, out to the curb and uh, have a totally different perspective of the way you're going to yep. approach, you know, educating your children at home. So, um, <laughs> so yeah. So that, that brings me back to, to your book. So uh, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find a copy of your book. Anyone can homeschool. Why don't you tell us about that?
1: All right. So I have copies that you can order through my website, which is just com. Mm-hmm. and it's also on Amazon it's on Kindle and Audible so all the different methods it's available it's just 12 dollars and the book is um, many chapters of kind of what we talked about plus more and I don't just tell my story I've interviewed other parents in all these situations and asked them how did you do it what are you doing right now and right. how's that working and then the second part of the book is is the how to get started everything you need to know if you've never homeschooled and and you've been convinced, okay, I can do this. The second right. part is all about that. And okay. so, um it's I wrote it after all these years of figuring out these things that we talked about today um to help people understand it's not that complicated. It is definitely within your reach,
0: right, right. Thank you. yeah, i've I've really enjoyed the book uh, personally. Thank so you. thank you. yeah, thank you. So, yeah, and I'll have the links to that in the show notes as well as the link to your website. and uh, Um, your social media so that uh, people can, can go check that out as well. So um, before we wrap up, do you have a final word of encouragement or inspiration for us or what?
1: Yes. So we started this conversation by talking about thinking, you know, rethinking school. And what I want parents to know is you have the ability already to decide what your children need and how to get it to them. And especially in the 21st century, how to give them what they need is, is pretty easy. Um, But be Be bold as a parent in your choices and be confident in the ability that God already gave you to teach your children. You don't have to have a teaching certificate. You don't have to have a college degree or even a high school diploma. And I know that because my mom did not have a high school diploma and she homeschooled me and my sister. She dropped out of high school in the ninth grade. And she, when she and my dad learned about homeschooling, they said, this is what we're going to do. And my dad had a high school diploma and my mom didn't even have that, but they had the conviction and they got the materials Mm -hmm. and they had the faith in God that this is going to work. You know, that if, if God called us to it, then he will help us to do it. And so don't worry about your qualifications. When God made you a parent, he made you qualified to do this. And so, um, just trust it, trust him, trust the process. And remember the scripture that says, if any of you lacks wisdom, ask of God, it is absolutely true that you can ask God for wisdom sometimes every single day, but you can mm-hmm. do it and be there right. for you.
0: Right, right. No, that's wonderful. That's wonderful inspiration. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, yeah. thank you uh, for having we'll,
0: me. Yes, yes. We'll we'll definitely have you back sometime. I I truly really hope this uh conversation was helpful to our listeners. And um yeah, can't wait to have you back again sometime soon. Okay.
1: All right, thank you.
0: You're welcome. You have a wonderful, blessed day. You too. been listening to the Family Discipleship Podcast. I truly hope that you've been blessed and encouraged by the things we've covered today, and I'd love to hear your feedback, questions, or even suggestions for a particular guest or topic that you would like to see featured on a future episode. Feel free to email host at Podcast.net, and don't forget to follow the show on social media and subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss new episodes as they're released. I hope you'll be able to join us again next week, but in the meantime, I pray that the Lord will continue to bless your family. As you endeavor to shepherd your children's hearts and cultivate your family's relationships with Jesus and with each other.